What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Afternoon Ask Anything show here on DK Sports Radio from DKPittsburghSports.com. I'm Chris Carter. I'm here with Alex Stump and Dave Molinari. We got all our beats are addressed today, y'all. We had a little bit of Pirates holdup yesterday because it was me, Tom, and Taylor. But today, you got me on the Steelers. You got Alex and the Pirates. You got Dave on the Penguins. It's the trifecta of Pittsburgh sports. It's going to be a great show. So thanks for tuning in to everyone who's remember. If you want your question answered on the Ask Anything, just simply drop it in the comment section, either on YouTube, Facebook Live, or Periscope. If you're watching on Twitter, you have to go into the Periscope app to do that. But do that, and we will be answering it right here on the show. We'll show up right on the bottom here. Thanks to everyone for joining us. First, while I get the chance, how y'all doing over there? Alex and Dave, of course. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing well. How bad did those uh, parts questions go yesterday? <laughs> there were a couple. There were a couple, and we were like, mm, we don't know who that is. <laughs> there were a couple prospect questions, and we were like, arms in the air. <laughs> that's the um, way I'll be with hockey questions, guys. So, <laughs> Well, see, that's the thing. If it was the other way around, if, see, if, if you weren't here today, Dave, that's what we'd be doing about hockey. We'd be like, uh-oh. Uh, Carter, what do you know? About, like, like there was a question about some guy who's playing uh, for the Penguins in Scranton, and and, and I, I was like, oh, it's a good thing Taylor's here because I don't know nothing about that. <laughs> um, so uh, there's plenty of that. Again, leave your comments in the comments or questions in the comments section. Um, oh, oh, check it. We 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 got one of the we got our boss Do- Dolly here. She says you guys are looking good. Thank you for all the extra O's there, Dolly. We appreciate that. We try to look good. On here, I gotta say, I, I dig, I dig Dave's hair. What he's got going on in the swoop. Uh, see, that that's that's the definition of looking good. And I got the see. The one thing I gotta say though is, Alex, you gotta get on a beard game, man. Dave and I got it right here. You know, it doesn't come in well for me, especially if I could just like hibernate for like two months. I, I could come up with something, but I gotta be on camera too often. <laughs> Hey, I totally get that. Um, we have uh, DL Ford says, good afternoon, guys. Good afternoon, DL. Thank you. He's always all, all, all on, on our shows. Thank you so much for doing that. Um, and, uh, and yeah, um, let's uh, – ooh, we got, we got a question here. We got a question here. Uh, and it's a football question. Paul Ski 5 Cents asks, Chris, in your professional opinion, why does Marquette King not have a job? That's a very good question, Paul, because – Marquette King, for those who don't know, he's a punter that used to play in the NFL. He's still quite young. You know, he's not a spring chicken anymore, but he's still he can boom the ball. Um, and he was kind of a, he, you know, he was kind of an unusual like, because he was a black punter. Um, and uh, he hasn't been hired by an NFL team, I think, for at least three or four years, maybe longer. And I mean, he's been a guy that goes on the internet and like you know, he'll post a YouTube video of him booming punts and hitting streetlights like like you know 30, 40, 50 yards away and being like, hey, you know what's going on? So I uh, and he was he was a kind of a, a, a you know a, a bright spot in the special teams world for a few years in the NFL. What I think happened was he kind of sold his own brand a little too much because whenever he would punt really well, he would do this thing where he would pretend like he was riding off on a horse off the field. I think he might have you know, rough ruffle some feathers with the Raiders and that might have put him on a bad spot. I do think he's worth a shot. He seems like a very good punter, but that's a very good question, Paul. I don't have the actual answer, but my intuition is that he made, he made some, some enemies in the wrong places. We have a penguins question from Dan LaVoy, our man from San Fran. Thank you, Dan, for always being, being with us on these live shows. Uh, this question is to you, Dave, who will the penguins give up to the Kraken? And does Seattle in fact have a great hockey name? 
Uh, I think it is a great hockey name for for anyone who isn't aware. Uh, the Seattle NHL franchise that will begin play next season is called the Kraken, uh, <laughs> after the mythical sea beast. At least I hope it's mythical. Um, <laughs> at least I hope I'm right with you, Dave. I don't play with sea monsters. As uh, as for who the Penguins will will lose to Seattle in, in this summer's expansion draft, there's really no way of knowing. Um, I mean, you can assume that it will be a pretty good player. The Penguins uh, will uh, presumably protect. Uh, there, there's a couple of formats that you could use for protecting players. Uh, they will presumably protect eight skaters, um, and you know, there, there's going to be valuable players who are exposed, and they'll lose one of them. But who they, the Kraken selects really will depend that'll just be one piece of the puzzle for Seattle so the uh the player that the the penguins lose might not necessarily be the most talented player or the one you think would be the greatest loss to the penguins but it's the one that Ron Francis and his management team in Seattle think would best fit into the personnel puzzle that they'll be putting together very interesting there. And yeah, I think that's the question. It's just going to be who's seen as the best value for the, for them to, to build their franchise with very interesting stuff there. We got a couple funny comments. I want to address to you first. Paul, first Paul Skeet says, Mrs. K, of course, that's, that's Dolly, Miss Kovacevic. Uh, we would all look good in some DK sports merch. Yes, you would. Yes, you would look with a good DK on your chest. I've actually worn quite, I have my Manina Simone sweater on today. I'm feeling, I'm, I'm feeling revolutionary at the moment, but I've worn plenty of DK merch. So we will, we, we're, let's talk about bringing some DK merch back. We had, we sell, some when it go when it comes it goes fast so if you're a dk sports lunatic if you love our coverage and you want some merch be on the lookout when it when it happens they go fast so pay attention to that uh, we have our guy daniel matos he's always on our live shows he said carter no carry price jokes today dave just so you understand many moons ago we uh it, there was a there was a mythical debate about who was a better athlete period was carry price versus von miller it got into a heated argument to the point where now every episode that we do one of these, the joke is made. What do you think about Carey Price today, Chris? So it's 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 a crazy thing. So if you see any more Carey Price jokes, just understand this is an inside joke going dating way back. But let's get right back to a, to the Penguins questions here because uh, Daniel had a real question. I keep kind of building off of what was just asked. Uh, and he says, uh, you know, about the, about the expansion draft. And he says, if the Penguins lose a goalie to, oh, excuse me, this is about injury, excuse me, not, not the expansion. Draft, but if a Penguins lose a goalie to injury, do you think they would be comfortable dressing, pardon my, I'm going to mess this name up, Lagasse, Lagash? Close. Uh, <laughs> close. Uh, for an extended period of time. First, Dave, please tell us how to pronounce that name and answering Daniel's question. Uh, it's a legacy. Ooh. And they really wouldn't have, much choice but to be comfortable with him because he's you know third on the uh, on the organizational depth chart at the, at this point um their other uh their goaltenders are are relatively inexperienced legacy has some nhl games on his resume so uh, you know he would certainly be the the first guy summoned if if they needed a goaltender I don't know that he would ever actually make it into a game. I think that uh, the Penguins would lean very heavily on whichever one of their top two goalies is not injured. But he is the guy who would uh, who would be promoted to the NHL roster, I would think. 
Very interesting stuff there. Thank you for the question, Daniel. Let's keep it moving here. We got a question from Mitch Langenberger about the Pirates. We got some baseball questions. Let's get it in. Alex, with the disaster the Pirates have in center field, will Swaggerty get a call-up soon? Also, there's a guy named Swaggerty. What? Yeah. Yeah, first-round draft pick from a couple years ago. Um, To tease a little bit for Insider tomorrow, I'm going more in-depth with just the whole center field situation in general. Uh, especially since both Alfred and Fowler back-to-back days have been let go. Swaggerty, though, is someone that I see coming into the mix later this year. Like, he hasn't played a game in AAA, and yes, he's been able to – he was able to go to the alt site last year. He's at the alternate site now. That counts for something, but he's not on the 40-man roster. I don't see the Pirates really eager to add a position player to that group right now unless they think that he's really ready for the majors. I, I see Swaggerty coming into the mix later this season. Right now, it looks like it's going to be Reynolds for a bit. Very interesting stuff there with Reynolds. I know a lot of people are enjoying his early start to the season. Um, let's go back to Paul Ski, five cents, asking Dave, do the Penguins have the goalie talent on the roster right now to win a Stanley Cup? You know, we, we don't know because Jari hasn't really been tested in that setting, so you know it's it's difficult to say. There's not a uh, a large sample size of playoff games at at the NHL level for him, but I would think that yes, if you know, if I had to say, you know, it w- is goaltending the reason they wouldn't win a cup this year? Uh, no, that that would not mm. be at the top of the the list of of concerns uh, that I would have for them. You know, Jari has proven himself capable of of performing at a, at a pretty high level when when his game is in sync, as opposed to say uh, where it was in the third period on Tuesday night. Um, but you know the uh, the playoffs are kind of a different animal. There's a whole different uh, level of pressure then, uh, and we'll have to see how he responds in that setting. But he you know he's a pretty uh, easygoing guy so I, I don't know that uh that he's somebody who necessarily would crack under under the pressure i, I you know I, mm-hmm. I i don't think they should have any reservations about going into the playoffs with him as as their go-to guy very interesting stuff i'm gonna expand upon that real quick dave what do you think is the biggest concern for their for their talent to win a cup i just think that there are too many good teams i i mm-hmm. the penguins uh, I feel the same way about them this season as, as I have for the past couple that they have, especially individual talent that Crosby's and Malkins when he's healthy and Latang's who should scare any opponent. I think the Penguins are capable of winning a best of seven series from any team in the league bar none. Mm. I just don't think they're capable of doing it four times. I think, I think that's too much to ask. There are too many good teams uh, with a little more balance, uh, you know, a little better depth than they have. Uh, You know, they're, they're not a team that I think anybody will angle to, uh, to uh, get a shot at in the playoffs, because I think, I think they'll be pretty scary. Uh, again, they can they can win any series. I just wouldn't anticipate them being able to win four of them. 
I hear you. I hear you. We have Daniel Matos, our, our one of our one of our wonderful listeners and subscribers. Uh, Daniel Matos, all the way in Brazil, asks, "I hope that DKPS merch can be shipped abroad. We hope so too. That'd be really cool, wouldn't it, to have some DK merch out in Brazil?" Um, I wanna, if he goes to Pittsburgh, we'll give him a free T-shirt. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, visit the That's what we'll do. We'll get you a free T-shirt if you come all the way to Pittsburgh. Um, but when you do, make sure you stop at Mike's Beer Bar in the North Shore Tavern, right across the street. From PNC Park, um, but Kelly's gonna get so mad at us, you know, us pretty much promising merch. Yeah. <laughs> if a guy comes from Brazil, he deserves it. Yeah, yeah. hey, a t-shirt and a hoodie. Oh, oh, oh. oh yeah, you're going, you're going overboard. Now, but... <laughs> let's uh, let's keep it moving here. I want to switch back to baseball real quick. DL Ford asks, Alex, how much longer do you think the Bucks will keep Polanco in right? I know he's been struggling lately, but why would uh, uh, why, uh, who would be the potential replacement? And if they pull up uh, on the pl- uh, if they pull the plug on him, I, there's no real rush yet. And I, if anything, letting go of Alfred and Fowler right now pretty much solidifies Polanco's playing time just a little more for the short term, at least just because you don't know what the outfield situation is at the moment. And maybe whenever Hayes comes back, they can put, you know, Philip Evans as an everyday type outfielder. It make that be the situation. But for right now, it's got to be Polanco. Jared Oliver, we just found out today is going to be out for about a month minimum with an oblique injury. So that was going to be probably the next guy up, you know, in the outfield situation. So, there's no one there for a little bit. Swaggerty maybe later in the year. Onio Cruz is someone, you know, maybe later in the year gets another look. Maybe if Will Craig just absolutely dominates in Indianapolis, mm-hmm. gets one last shot in the majors. But, yeah, it, this is the last year for Polanco. I mean, he's either going to turn it around, hit well, and get traded, or he's going to be released at, either during the year or at the end of the year. He's not going to be a pirate in 2022. And that's the fact, Jack. Um Let's keep it moving here. We got a football question. Hold on. I lost it for a second because we're getting a lot of questions. There we go. Daniel Matos asks me, do I see this a higher chance of the Steelers trading up or trading down in the first round of the NFL draft, which starts this time next week? Well, actually, later in the evening next Thursday, but a week from today. Um, Daniel, I I see trading back as a much more likable option here for the Steelers. Um, I just... I look at what's what's happening right now in the NFL, and I see a lot of teams trading up to get those quarterbacks in the early rounds. If the Steelers see still see the chance to get their first round running back, maybe in the thirty first spot, the thirty second spot, the twenty seventh spot, or the twenty eighth spot, like where the Saints pick, there might be a team that says, "Oh, you know what? That linebacker that we didn't think got get to twenty four is sitting there. We'd like to go get him. Or that cornerback that we didn't think would be there is right there. We'd like to go get him and get him ahead of, say, the team that picks you know shortly after the the Steelers in the Cleveland Browns. So uh, trading up would cost the Steelers most likely a day two pick in the second or third rounds of the NFL draft. That would be dangerous. This team has multiple holes to fill in this NFL draft. So in my opinion. The best move would be to trade back and pick up an extra day two pick, which means by the end of Friday, you could have a first round pick, most likely a running back, I think. And then you could probably have two offensive linemen and a defensive player by the end of Friday to go to go with them, which I think would be the best situation the Steelers could hope for with just picking straight up positions in this, at least early on in the NFL draft. We're going to flip it back to hockey here. Hold on. I have to keep it organized here because we got lots of questions rolling in. Um, excuse me. Pardon me. Oh, there we go. Mitch Langenberger says, have you heard any, uh, have you heard anything about an increase in attendance for the Stanley cup playoffs for games in Pittsburgh? Dave. Well, I don't think that if there is an increased 
uh, crowd size allowed for the uh, for the playoffs, that it will have anything to do uh, with the Penguins or even with the the local civic officials. I think that's something that would probably be determined by the state that, you know, conceivably they could up the uh, percentage of capacity that, that's allowed to attend, you know, indoor sporting events at some point during the postseason. Um, I haven't heard anything about uh, such an announcement being imminent, but in fairness to Governor Wolf, he doesn't always consult me before announcing these moves. So, <laughs> you mean you you mean you're not on his speed dial? Whether I should be or not is is another issue. But no, I'm not. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. Um, all right, let's flip it back a little bit. Um, this was big news that came out today, Alex. Uh, what's the new time frame on on uh, Cabrian Hayes' return, and how serious is the setback? Of course, he had a setback, and I guess in hitting drills uh, earlier today. Yeah. Alex, can you give the details there? Yeah, it was actually facing the high velocity machine batting cage. Uh, since he wasn't able to play in Toledo because of the snow, he reaggravated it. Mm. Is the official word from the Pirates? Not exactly a great look right now. I. They don't want to speculate on how serious this is going to be until they get reevaluated. And this is brand spanking news, so we don't have a ton of details right. about it yet. But you know what? This was the one thing we know about the Pirates throughout this whole process is they are not going to rush it. So it could be a while still for Hayes until his actual return to the lineup, which kind of stinks because he was the most exciting player coming yeah. into this year. I mean, a lot of people, I, I basically wrote a piece about like, Hey, here's the best reason to watch Pirates baseball this year. He has one really good game and then gets hurt. That's, that's bad luck even by Pirates standards. Yeah. I mean, it just, that, that just feels like pi- pirating, but you know, there's also a saying in Pittsburgh called pitting. So let's get to our, our, our we really get pit questions around here. So I want to get to a pit question from Rick Schwartz. Any word on Efton Reed making his decision and his pit target, any other transfers like we've seen in the past week. Okay. So first of all, for those who don't know, Efton Reed is a five-star center, one of the top 25 players in high school basketball right now, and everyone is waiting to see where he picks. He's one of the few superstar high school basketball players in the country that hasn't announced where he's going yet, and there were rumors swirling around that Pitt was his number one school for about a month. Then he was supposed to announce his new school on April 15th. The night before April 15th, he uh, it, it, there was a rumor now that, oh, his number school one school was Florida State. And then they, his family announced we're postponing the announcement on April 15th, and we haven't heard anything since. So uh, to answer your question, Rick, no further word on what this might be. I, my pr- professional opinion, I, I think that this is not a good sign for Pitt that it's taking this long and that the longer that this happens, more Super Division One programs are going to be working to get it get, get to Efton Reed. But it could work out. It's like, hey, maybe Jeff Capel's working on selling him something else. And, and maybe you, you, you never know what is going on in the background with these kind of decision-making processes. One thing I commend the family for doing and for Efton for doing, taking the time to figure it out. Uh, because a lot of times you'll rush into a situation, they're saying, you know what, my son's going to decide where he wants to go when he wants to. And that's great because, you know, a lot of college players, they don't get that kind of power too often to make those kind of make those kind of decisions throughout their career. So good on the Reed family. As for pit targeting other transfers, they absolutely absolutely are. I don't have a list of names in front of me right now, um, but they've already gotten two this week on back to back Monday and Tuesday, a forward and a guard who can help with depth. Um I think that there's going to be more moves by Jeff Capel there. So Rick Schwartz Pitt is not, I don't think Pitt's anywhere close to being done and making moves in the transfer portal, which by the way, 
got to over 1,400 names just a couple days ago. And that's insane because the most it had ever been was 1,025 players, and that was last year. So the transfer portal is just exploding right now. Pitt might just be saying, you know what, we're not going to commit to anything because who knows might come through those doors and be someone that we can bring from a major program. Duke just lost another transfer the other week. So all that being said about Pitt. All right, let's 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 flip it back here. Um, we have some interesting questions here. Um, I want to get to this question that I guess can, can go to all three of us. This one. Uh, apologies, apologies, David, if I messed up your name. I think it's Burkicki. I uh, apologize if I messed that up, David. But um, his question is, how often do players and coaches stay in contact after a player leaves the team or retires? And I guess this can go to anyone because, well, the, Dave, you've been covering sports longer than both of us. So I, I like to you know, get your perspective on maybe some relationships you've seen like that. Oh, I mean, it, it really depends as, you know, you probably wouldn't be surprised to learn. And it's really no different than co-workers in in any other setting there are Hmm. some people who move on from a company you're with or you move on from a company and stay in touch with close touch with some people um who you used to work with and and others you know you cut out of your life immediately and you both uh go your separate ways uh you know it it's I, I guess it depends somewhat on the, the circumstances of, of leaving. You know, if a, uh, a player is traded, it's kind of tough to uh, maintain a, a social relationship w- with a guy that you're competing with. Doesn't mean you get openly hostile or anything, but, you know, you are competitors all of a sudden, as opposed to, say, when someone retires and, uh, you know, moves into their their post hockey mm-hmm. career, and, and you know, presumably um, still has good feelings about his last employer, and and that his uh, his former colleagues feel the same about him. Alex, same question to you. What do you? I mean, I know you. You know, you and I are younger, so we haven't seen it. You know, firsthand as much, but you know, we read a lot. What's your perspective on the baseball situation? Uh, I mean, it, it depends. Like Neil, I'll just go with Neil Walker as the example because he's someone who, mm. with at least with the organization, I'll take that angle. With with you know, he decided he retired, and the first calls that he made were to the Pirates, like, "Hey, you know, I want to. I'm going back to Pine Ridge. I'm going to live there the rest of my life, ideally. You know, I just want to see how what I can do around there, and that might end up being broadcasting one day. That might end up being some sort of instructor or coach at some level. But yeah, I mean, it's. I, I can't really improve on what Dave said there. It, it's definitely a case by case basis and just how good of terms were everyone. I agree entirely, entirely, you know, it's just, it's just about, you know, what happened in that relationship. You know, one, one of the things that I have seen, uh, Bryant McFadden, a cornerback for the Steelers who was on the roster when Mike Tomlin took over the team in 2007 um, and was part of their, their, both their Super Bowls during the two thousands. He since has gotten into broadcasting and he does uh, football analysis. And I've seen when he comes back to Pittsburgh, him and Mike Tomlin, they're immediately like, Hey man, and you just see that connection there. And so it, it, like they like, like both of you said, it's just about who the people are and do they hit it off? And if they want to hit up, if they hit off, do they want to maintain that relationship? There's plenty of times it happens. There's plenty of times it doesn't just like anything else in life. And just like Dave said, just like anytime there's a job uh, going back to my man, Daniel, we're trying to do the journey to get Daniel to Pittsburgh. And he says his brother-in-law lives in Toronto. And when he visits in the future, he'll definitely make a proper stop in Pittsburgh. Daniel, 
we are all waiting for that to happen. We apologize that we don't play Among Us anymore, by the way, because um, you know, we were doing that for quite some time uh on you know during the pandemic. Um uh, but- Daniel uh, Chris is paying for that t-shirt, by the way. <laughs> paying, paying. <laughs> whoa, 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 <laughs> guys, guys, guys. Here. <laughs> like, uh, let's 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 talk about something else real quick. Um uh, let's see. Uh, okay, this is kind of going back to the question we had about attendance. Dave Gormley asks, in your opinions, which local team will play in front of a capacity crowd this year, if any? Um, I'll lead off. I think the best chance is the Steelers because they're furthest out, right? And I think that's, that's kind of a cheap answer, but it's just the reality. You know, the Penguins being indoors doesn't help their situation. Um, the Pirates being outdoors, but, you know, their season's going to end in, you know, what, late August? So, we're not so sure the pandemic's going to be, be over by then or, you know, cleared for, for capacity. The, the best hope for capacity in 2021, I think, would be if things have calmed down by November or December and then people are like, OK, we'll open up capacity at Heinz Field. I think that's a reasonable bet. Uh, you know, I, I can't see certainly hockey allowing, you know, capacity crowds. Uh, before the uh, 2021 season is over, right? Um, football, yeah, that uh, that seems like the uh, the way to go with this one. It's not going to be the Pirates this year. <laughs> it's not going <laughs> to be the Pirates. <laughs> all right, all right. Let's get Take back that to any way you want, but because yeah, I was going to say, like, there's there's a joke to be made there, but you know, we're we're better than that. We're we're not going to we're not, we're not going to dip into that. Okay, CJ Calazes asks Alex, how long until Cahill is taken out of the rotation, and who would be, who would be the pitcher to replace him? Well, they like Cahill for the innings, and the, even though I I stand by whenever it was presented that you know Ben Sherrington wanted six starters on the major league roster I always assumed Cahill would be the sixth guy not Stephen Bro gets hurt okay now he's the fifth guy that's just how I interpreted whenever Neil Huntington said it uh wow Neil Huntington wow I'm sorry Ben Sherrington that's the worst thing I'm gonna say during this entire <laughs> this entire call um but yeah we saw you hurry make the start uh Pirates are going to need a starter for Sunday, and Will Crow is very casually added to the taxi squad. We'll probably see him there make that start in place of Chad Cool now that he's on the IL. I think it's going to depend how long Cool's on the IL. Frankly, I think that's the right. If he's going to be out a couple turns in the rotation, and either Yahure or Crow just takes a hold of the spot, you can't take you can't send him back down again. I think that's the best chance of Cahill going back into a bullpen job for now. For now, Pirates like having just a little bit of a veteran anything eater in the rotation right now. They actually have two, but, you know, Anderson's actually pitched well. I hear that. I hear that. We're going back to a football question here. We have uh, Drew Githing uh, who asks, uh, Chris, do you think that Justin Fields' diagnosis with uh, will affect his draft position? And if so, how much? Now, for those who don't know, Justin Fields, one of the top quarterbacks in this year's draft class. He's predicted to go in the first round. I predicted him to go in the top five, maybe even top two or three. Um, but Justin Fields was recently, you know, was revealed that he has epilepsy. And, uh, you know, that's caused a lot of awareness to those who suffer from epilepsy. And, you know, and that's something that and Alan Fanica, Steelers Hall of Fame guard, to point out, he's like, I, I have it. I take pills for it every day. It's a battle. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of discussion. It's like, OK, how much is that going to impact uh, his ability to quarterback? My opinion is I don't think it's going to impact it at all. I think he's going to be just fine. 
but what whether it will impact teams, who knows? I mean, we've seen a lot of narratives out there about questioning his character when, you know, there's quarterbacks in this, that are supposed to be in this first round draft class that have multiple DUIs and, you know, have other issues. And Justin Fields has a squeaky clean record. He was a heck of a leader at Ohio State. He's a guy who would take injuries on the field, come right off and go right back in the game and was respected by all his teammates. So um, could it impact his draft stock? Maybe. Um, I, I think that there's some teams that might think, I don't know, and, and go with someone else. But I don't think if the ultimate question is, does it if impact his draft stock enough to fall into the Steelers range? I don't think so. I know there's people like Charlie Cassidy who, you know, predicted that the Steelers would, would draft uh, Justin Fields naturally at the 24th pick. I don't see any way that Justin Fields even gets it gets to 20 to 21, um, because if he gets to 20, the best where the Bears are picking. Uh, they're not passing on a Justin Fields to add to their roster. I just, you know, and that's on top of the Patriots at 15 and several other teams. So um, Justin Fields, will it affect his draft position? Maybe, but I think only slightly. And he's still going to be out of range. If it does impact it, it's going to be the story of the draft. Um, so there's that. All right. We have another hockey question from Hockey Nerd 87. Dave, do you think the Pens should start Smith over Jari tonight or keep Jari in despite his antics? Well, apparently they are going to keep Jari in. Uh, but if it were my call, I would have gone with DeSmith tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some who contend that uh, you want to throw Jari right back in uh, to try and get his game in order as quickly as possible. But I don't think that I would be inclined to reward him after the third period that he had on on Tuesday. So I suppose you could make a case for or against either way. Uh, the Penguins apparently have made the decision in favor of Jari, not the one I would have made. But I guess that's probably why I'm not the coach. <laughs> Reasonable, of course, as always there. Um Wanted to scroll back up here because there was a question that I that I that I missed missed here. Polsky asks uh, Alex, why not put Cole Tucker in center since he played center field last year? You look like you're already shaking your head. Yeah, that that experiment's over. They pulled the plug. <laughs> Cole Tucker is a shortstop. They're focusing it on focusing on him there. Another short uh, <laughs> no, I know I I got you. Um, uh, oh, I think I missed this one too. This one's from Rick Isoldo, who says, "Alex, do you see all the moves by the Pirates and a rash of DFA's as a change in in uh, attitude towards lack of performance, or just since there's no real expectations, as a just throw it against the wall and see what sticks?" Strategy. I mean, it's kind of that they don't put it in such blunt terms. They talk about giving players opportunities. You know, that's the terminology that they use. And Alfred and Fowler were given albeit a short one, an opportunity to win that's to win the center field job or, you know, at least prove that they're worthy of a roster spot and they just couldn't do that. So I think that is, it's a little based on performance. It's a little based on, we have to make moves for the roster. We have to get another infielder in the mix. You know, we have to get Todd Frazier on the roster because of, you know, uh, losing uh, Hayes for even more time than previously expected. Okay. Who do we get rid of? Well, Fowler hasn't performed. We'll see if we can sneak him through waivers there. I think it's more of the stick it against the wall, though, because, hey, we, we can talk about how bad Alfred was and how bad Fowler was, but you know what? Phillip Evans is a product of that good against the wall mentality. If You just only have to hit on a couple for it to work out. 
I hear that. We're wrapping up here with our final questions here. Thanks to everyone for tuning in. We're just going to throw these together as sort of a one-two punch. J-Rod asks you, Alex, when do you guys predict the Pirates will be in contention again? And then also Randy Steele asks, does MLB have too many games per season? No, it needs to be 162. And I know people say send it down to 154 like we're pilgrims or something, you know, back in (laughs) 1920s time. No, it's 162. That's a major league season. And uh, contention-wise, I think 2023 is whenever we start to see the Pirates really start to show some fang again, whenever those young pitchers that they have in the system, the the Priesters, the Malones, the Majinskis, presumably lighter, you know, as the first overall draft pick, you know, have those guys start to reach the major leagues. I think that's whenever this team is really going to be something special because I think this year we're going to see a lot of the pieces of the future bullpen in place. Next year, we're going to see a lot of those young position players, the Gonzaleses, the Pagueros, the Cruises. We're going to see them in place. 2023 is whenever the pitching, which is going to be the heart and soul of this team, ideally, start to take form. And that's whenever the Pirates start to you know, fight back. What do you have against the 1920s, Alex? <laughs> I, I had a lot of fun then. <laughs> Dang, Dave oh. coming with the jokes on himself. That was actually pretty good. <laughs> um, last question here. Randy Steele doubled up on questions. Let's get a Steelers question to finish this off. Of the Steelers' top three picks this year in the draft, how many play offense? I recently did my 4.0 mock draft where all three of the first three picks were offense in this NFL draft. Go check that out. It's for free. If you're not even a subscriber to DKPittsburghSports.com, you can check that out. So uh, that's that that's that thing right there. Um, do check it out. But I, I think it'll actually end up being two players. I think there will be either a cornerback, an edge rusher, or an off-ball linebacker uh, that will be drafted on day two of the draft to go with two offensive players, one being a lineman, the other being a running back. Um, and I guess finally we got a question. Michael Nesbitt says, Alex, do you believe the Bucks will be a contender in 2023? I mean. They'll just... start to show Fang in 2023. 2024, they'll be serious contenders in my opinion. There you go. There you go. Thanks so much for everyone for watching and listening to the Afternoon Ask Anything show every weekday, 3 p.m. here for DKPittsburghSports.com. Uh, I'm Chris Carter here with Alex Stumpf and Dave Molinari. Thanks so much for you both being on the show with me. If you're listening to this on DK Sports Radio via podcast form, remember you can subscribe here at any point in time to DK Sports Radio. Rate, radio, rate us five stars. Leave us a positive comment. When you do both of those at the same time, it really helps out the shows that we got together. Don't forget, we got a lot coming up. I've got a pit podcast coming up Thursday night. We've got DK's Daily Shots coming up tomorrow. All sorts of great content right on our podcast network. And remember to subscribe to DKPittsburghSports.com.